0: I'm Pastor Steve. This is CFBC online church prayer series 2020 week six. First I wanted to start out with some devotional thoughts from Psalm 91. If you remember we were asked uh, in light of all kinds of other things to also do Psalm 91 kind of as a a daily devotional prayer during the crisis that we're in and the stay-at-home orders and praying for God to heal our land. And this is this is actually scripture prayer, right? Those who live in the shelter of the Most High will find rest in the shadow of the Almighty. Lord, I pray that we will find rest in your shadow today. This I declare about the Lord. He alone is my refuge, my place of safety. He is my God, and I trust in him. Lord, today we trust in you. We find our place of safety in you for because you have promised us in verse 3 that you will rescue us from every trap and protect us from the deadly disease. Lord, we pray that not just for us, but for our family, for our friends, for our coworkers, for our nation, and for our world. God, that you would be gracious and that you would protect us from this deadly disease and that you would bring healing and restoration and that you would give us peace and comfort and safety because we know that we find our refuge under the shadow of your wings. Be with us today as we consult your word and seek to deepen, widen, and broaden our prayer time. In Jesus' name, amen. And uh, an opening thought for you. we have had this discussion of, well, I'm failing because I don't ever remember sitting down and going through the 12-step prayer this week. Hmm. So let's rephrase the question. Have you spent focused time in prayer this week and have you used some of these components no one says this is a rigid structure and you need to sit down and go okay now i mean there is some thought to how these are arranged and they do kind of follow a pattern and it's nice to do them in order but but really they're tools in your tool belt we're talking about uh, the armor of god here being ready to live the christian life walk in holiness uh, defeat the enemy and connect with the living god and so these are just different ways to widen broaden Life, and so have you prayed this week and have you actually prayed differently than you normally pray because you've thrown in some praise or some waiting or some confession or some scripture prayer not saying you have to do this as a whole every single time but hopefully you've added this to your time with God to make your prayer time more effective more productive because that's what we want it says that there's people who worship in vain we don't want to be those people we want to be effective and productive Christians there's a whole other series on that right in second peter about being effective productive christians we don't want to be ineffective and unproductive and it does say that there are people who are ineffective and unproductive in their faith and we don't want to be those people so let's be effective and productive so <laughs> excuse me let's take a drink of water pastor steve and let's practice the first six right and uh, I'm not saying we have to go lengthy. Let's just practice with short phrases each. So, if you remember praise, a lot of times it's easy to praise God versus Thanksgiving what He's done. Praise is praise God for who He is. So Lord, I praise You today because You are King of Kings and Lord of Lords. Lord, I praise You because Your Word says that's combined scripture part two. <laughs> your Word says that You are Jehovah Rapha, my healer. I praise You God because I know that You are a good, good Father. Okay, now we're going to practice waiting. Okay, so it, yeah, it is hard to do the silent ones as a practice in group, uh, especially virtually while you're just looking at me. But let's wait on the Lord for a minute. Not a full minute, but just a few seconds. And why? Because when you spend a moment in silence before the Lord, there's a little bit of introspection on yourself. And I realize every time that I am clothed in my own filthy rags, that if it wasn't for the righteousness of Christ and for his grace and his forgiveness, there but by the grace of God go I. I need his grace and mercy just as much as anybody else out there, which is what leads to confession. Lord, we confess today our need for you. Second Chronicles says that if we confess our sins and seek you and pray to you, that you will hear our prayers and you will heal our land. So we we as the believers confess that we're flaky. We're tempted by sin. We're uh, apathetic in our Christian activities. We lack faith in believing what you're going to do. But Lord, we also confess that we want to... Have you help our unbelief, that we do believe in you, that we do trust in you, that we do want to be holy, that we do want to be righteous, so we cry out to you, we cry out for our need for you to cover us and cleanse us so we can enter your presence. Ooh, that's good. Praise, waiting, confession. Halfway there through the first half. Scripture prayer. We just practiced this a little bit, but uh, take, take a scripture that really matters to you. Hmm. What about the scripture that says that God causes all things to work together for the good for those who love God and are called according to his purpose. Lord, you know I love you, and I have been trying to be called according to your purpose my whole life. So I trust, according to your word, that everything that's going on right now will work out for my eternal good, because I understand the illustration of the rope, Lord, this little section up front, and the whole rope for all eternity. You're going to work it out for my good. I trust you in the midst of the storm that your word is true, that your love is unfailing. So I cling cling to your word. Heaven and earth will pass away, but your word endures forever. Praise, waiting, confession, scripture, prayer, watching. Now, we combine, we like to, you don't have to, but we like to combine watching and intercession because we're watching for who to intercede for. The idea of the watchman on the wall, what I taught about, So as you watch, you're asking God, Lord, bring to mind those that we should pray for this week. Lord, I pray for our president, that whatever anybody thinks about him, that in the Bible you have used people in leadership for your will and purposes many times, sometimes even against their own will. So we pray that you will give him wisdom. direction and that you would move upon his heart to do the right things same thing for the vice president that you would work with him as he leads the task force to make the right decisions for our nation we pray for our leaders as commanded in scripture so that we can live quiet peaceful lives and continue to serve you there you go we have just practiced praise waiting confession scripture prayer watching and intercession it wasn't like pulling teeth, it wasn't painful, it was actually enjoyable, it's very biblically based, and it's effective and productive. <sighs> and if you can see, it's down low, let's see, down here are my notes that normally you don't see when I'm preaching, but you do today, because it's more convenient for me this way to get everything on the screen. So this is all to have your deeper, broader path of communication with God. That's what it's for. And before we go on to petition thanksgiving and singing, one of the main points I'm making on petition here is that it comes after intercession. That we stand in the gap, that we're the brother watchman on the wall that we intercede. And it, and before we petition, before we ask for our own stuff. It's not bad to ask for your own stuff. Trust me. Jesus taught us the prayer, give us this day our daily bread. So it's okay to ask for your own stuff but the idea of, of being the watchman on the wall, and you know the passage I quoted in Ezekiel where God says he found no watchman, and it was a devastating thing, not in our lifetime. So before we go on to petition, and in lieu of maybe, uh, you know, usually in church you have some worship comes some music. Well, this is a motivational video from Eric Ludy and the Ellerslie Institute on intercession, and it's it's, I want you to watch it carefully because it's twofold. One, it's it's, in, it's trying to inspire and encourage us to be those watchmen on the wall, to be those intercessors, to really go to battle for the people around us. We talk about it, but it's h- hard to do, even in this time of, where we, I mean, if you're not drawing close to God now, when are you, right? If you're, not, if you're not opening up your contingencies now and saying this is the time, right? But so, and we're not sometimes. So this is the time to re- be reminded that we are called to be the watchmen on the wall, to be interceding for those people that we love and care about. But also it's a reminder that It's all in the footsteps of Jesus being the great intercessor who interceded for us before God and made us acceptable to him. So let's watch this and then I will be back with the rest of my message. Let's see if I can bring it up. And here we go.
1: Statement in Isaiah basically saying the world is falling apart staring back at Israel saying judgment is turned away backward and justice stands afar off for truth is fallen in the street and equity cannot enter what's a God to do and he saw that there was no man and he wondered that there was no intercessor an intercessor basically means one who fills the gap. If you have a walled city and there is a hole in the walled city, and there's just this little part that is like broken down. It's like a pile of rubble. and Actually, you can sneak through it. You know There's a vulnerability in a time of war. If you have an enemy, what's an enemy looking for? The gate, to try and scale the gate. They're looking for breaches or holes in the wall. They're not stupid, they're not gonna waste their time going through the front door when they can go through a side little broken down breach. So the enemy, by his very nature, is constantly watching the integrity of the wall. He's looking for holes. We have massive holes in our life that give the enemy access to do with our life what he sees fit to do. We can say, that's horrible, I'm a Christian. Yeah, you're a Christian with breaches. You are not supposed to be a Christian with breaches. One of the key definitions of Christianity can be a man or a woman who, whose walls are repaired, who is made strong, why? So that they are useful to God. And they're not just constantly inwardly fighting demons. They can be outward focused. God says to Israel, I will bless you so that you can become a blessing to the nations. God's pattern is to make you strong so that you're useful. There is a hedge that is supposed to be built up around your life, and it very likely isn't. You need a strong man. You need someone who can step in and fight off that enemy to make you strong so that you can start focusing outward instead of on your own issues. Most of us as Christians, the church is so weak because we have Literally less than one percent of our time that is able to focus outward because we are so caught up in our issues and our difficulties. Even the healthiest among us, we have issues, we have difficulties. Whether it's relational, whether it's financial, whether it's health, we have issues. And there's a dying world out there. You know that 150 estimated 150,000 people died and went to hell today. Let's think about this. What did we all do about it? Did we take a step forward in beginning to do something about it? Or are we just stemming the tide from our life falling apart even more than it is? We are living on the defensive instead of the offensive. What we need is the same thing God was looking for back then. The walls are broken down. The city is in disrepair. Israel is, is without a defender. Where's the intercessor? You know who Jesus Christ was? In a nutshell? He's the intercessor. He's the man who stands in the gap. He's the strong man who came and took the full blow upon himself so that we could gather our wits spiritually and awaken and say, I'm in. But thank you for rescuing me. Literally, he took the blow. Everything that was aimed right at you to absolutely decimate your life. He took it square on. Without even a whimper, he took it. For the joy that was set before him because he valued you so much. He took the blow. See, one of the things that happens with the life of Jesus, we have a tendency to make him a mousy character. We have a tendency to diminish his manly strength. We are talking about the greatest warrior of all time. In the Old Testament, the term is Lord of Hosts. The Captain of Captains. The General of Generals. And he's the General that led his troops into battle with his own life. He's the one that did it. All the rest of the army was powering in the background. They couldn't fight this army. And he stood on single-handedly and defeated them. That is our intercessor. That is our King. And the same way that he stood for you then, I want you to know. He still stands for you now. When you behold the cross and you behold the resurrected Christ and when you behold the ascended Christ who sits at the right hand of the Father, you no longer will just remain where you are. You will say, God, do it all within me. For your glory make me strong. Make me strong to give. God is looking for an intercessor, someone who will make up this breach. We need to become a body that is thinking about every single one around us, as opposed to ourselves. Coming to church going, I need to be prayed for this week. What about who can I pray for this week? Just a different mindset. It's not what this church can do for you, but what you can do for Jesus Christ and this church. Think of that attitude shift, saying, God. You made this life and you have called me for more than just to save me. You have rescued me so that I could become a rescuer. Who needs rescue? Who needs help? Who needs me to stand in the gap and take the hit? That's the attitude. It's not your skin and how you can save it. It's how you can spend it for his glory.
0: Man, that was good. All right, let's get back to uh, where we were. And uh, so, before we go to uh, before we go to petition, let's take that motivation from Eric Ludy's video and realize that Jesus was our intercessor, and He's calling us to be that for other people, both in crying out to God in prayer for them, but then in also being the answer to those prayers, to being His hands and feet extended to this world as God calls us to love and serve the people around us. So that's one of the things you've got to be aware for when you pray. When you are praying for these people, many times God is going to use you to be the answer to those prayers. So we pray and then we serve in the name of our King. Blessings as you are the people who stand in the gap and pray and then build up the wall as God calls us to do so. All right, Uh, let's go down to the next slide, see if I can get there. Okay, so the next step we're talking about uh, is petition. And this is where we come before God and ask him for our own stuff, our needs, our daily bread. You see there on my note, I say after intercession comes personal petition. That's the right attitude, the attitude of humility, where we consider others better than ourselves, the Philippian 2 mentality of Christ. I say petition is an act of personal supplication, right? There's a little girl praying. You're crying out to God for your own needs. The scripture says, give us this day our daily bread. That's Matthew 6 when Jesus taught his disciples how to pray. He said it's okay to pray for daily bread. In fact, he encouraged us to do that, to cry out to God because, again, uh, a super Christian is not— but the super independent, superman, superhero that needs nobody else, the super Christian, is one who is completely dependent on the Father for all good things. Jesus himself, our example, said, I can say or do nothing that the Father does not say or do. Being dependent on Him. So it's, it's perfect to come to God and ask for our daily needs. And though God is aware, There's something that's ignited when we come to God and we cry out to him for our needs. He hears and he answers our prayer. That's very clear. If you go back to the intro on the prayer series from the last two, three, four, five, six weeks, you'll see that when we cry out to God, he hears and answers our prayer. I also like the ask, seek, and knock idea in Matthew 7. I call that progressive, aggressive prayer. Correct? Um, Are you there? That's asking. And then seeking, you go searching after the person and then knocking, you knock on the door or you knock the door down to get to them. <clears throat> Jesus encouraged us to be progressively aggressive in our prayers with God. Now, this is a strange thing. Uh, my wife and I were talking about this the other day about this this progressive aggressive prayer and some other components of prayer like fasting. Who understands fasting? Is it like a hunger strike? God, I'm not going to eat again till you answer my prayers. No, but there also is something strange about fasting. Yes, it draws our focus to God, but how does fasting supergize, energize our prayers? I don't have the answer to all that, but here in Matthew 7, ask and it will be given to you. Well, then I guess we're done. And there's lots of times in our life where that's it. We ask God for daily bread and we get it and we move on. And we should do it with an attitude of gratitude. We're going to talk about that in a minute. But sometimes when you ask it doesn't happen like blind bart jesus son of david have mercy on me and didn't happen so next comes seek it's a little bit more aggressive than just asking where you're searching for something and it says that blind bart cried out all the louder when people told him to shut up jesus son of david and finally jesus like whoa what is this guy clamoring about what does he want and if you want to go to knock well How about the guys who had a friend that was paralyzed and needed to be healed but there was too many people around jesus so what did they do they climbed up on the roof and knocked the roof down and lowered the friend before jesus and it says that jesus looked at the guy and said he needed to be healed no it says that jesus looked at the friends and the amount of faith and said whoa and not only healed the guy but forgave his sins so don't be afraid to be progressively aggressive i can't explain why things don't always happen there's a passage in daniel Or the angel comes to him and says, Daniel, it's been 21 days since you prayed, and I'm finally here. I took a wrong turn on the highway. I was headed here, and I went to Jupiter accidentally, and it took, no. He said, the Lord heard your prayer from the moment you started. But there's lots going on in the universe that you don't understand, a.k.a. spiritual warfare, and now I'm here. But God heard you from the beginning, so I don't know why things don't always happen immediately. But God encourages us to be aggressive with him. Uh, Hebrews says that we can enter the throne room boldly now because of the blood of Christ and ask God for the things we need. So he's your dad besides being the king of the universe. So be bold. Like a parent. Ask him, then seek, and then knock for the things. Progressive, aggressive prayer. Um, God has promised to give us good gifts. Uh, that's another bullet point. That comes from Romans 8, 31 and 32. He who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all, how will he not also, along with him, graciously give us all good things? I'm going to say that again. By the way, Romans 8 is so good. It's one of my memory verse chapters. He who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all. That's talking about the cross of Christ. Okay, That gives you the salvation. That gives you your righteousness. That gives you forgiveness of your sins. But also It's a promise of better things yet to come. What? Better than salvation? Listen, Hugh did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all. How will he not also, along with him, graciously give us all good things? God's going to bless us for all eternity. So if you can believe God for salvation, then you can believe God to hear and answer your prayers and to protect you and your family and to bless you for all eternity. Yes, you might have to go through trials and tribulations, but all things to work together for the good, if you remember that we prayed that. Happens to be in the same chapter, which is why it's worth memorizing. And then a footnote uh, that's not up on my bullet points, but it's down there to remind you as I'm preaching this is: God is not a magic genie. You don't rub the lamp, and He's your servant to go answer your calls. And that's a little bit overused in modern Christianity. The bless me side of Christianity, where Christianity is all about me having this great life and and Jesus and his blessings being sprinkled in my life to make my life here even better. He's God. We're not. We're his servants. He's adopted us into his family. We're now his beloved children. But everything is yielded and subject to him. He is Lord. L-O-R-D. And we are his ambassadors, his servants. So you've got to have the Jesus mentality that's used in the Garden of Gethsemane, where he cried out for what he wanted. But then he yielded to the will of the father and said, yet not my will, but your will to be done. Be as aggressive as you can. Remember, my friends, the foreign widow. I think she was Cyphronetian, who wanted her child healed. And yet Jesus was only working with the house of Israel at this time. So even Jesus said, I'm not here for you and your child at this time. She was super aggressive she cried out and she said come on even the dogs get the crumbs from the master's table and jesus was so moved that he heard and answered her prayer my question was if she hadn't been that aggressive if she had only asked or only sought but didn't knock would her kid have been healed it makes it seem like no but that aggressiveness did not offend god it actually softened the heart of god and he moved miraculously in her life so I am encouraging you to be as aggressive as possible with God, for God to move mountains. There's a passage in Isaiah, I think, that says, Oh, Lord, that you would rend the heavens and come down. That, that, that intercession and that petition, that, that passion, seeking God. If you seek me, you will find me if you search with all your heart. We don't always do that. And there's an encouragement in here in the petition to do that. But the counterpart is, it's always with that submissive heart. Yet not my will but yours be done. God knows more, and so we trust him, and we submit, and we yield ourselves to him. So that's petition. Let's move on to the next one is Thanksgiving. Wow. It's got to be a, a banker. Bankers only have that cheesy smile. Bankers are usually happy because they have your money. Okay, sorry. Side topic. Thanksgiving. Uh, Thanksgiving is an act of expressed appreciation. He's expressing it. Look at that expression. And usually that expression is vocally. Uh, I say in my notes, the key word is expressed. And the illustration I want to give you is the marriage illustrating. It's one thing. uh, And believe it or not, the pastor at Yahoo, me, I was guilty of this early in my life. I thought all kinds of affirming things about my wife. I've always esteemed her highly and thought great things of her. But thanksgiving is an act of expressed appreciation, and I didn't always express it with affirming words. And I learned my lesson that my wife would blossom and flourish as I expressed that appreciation to her. At the same time, it reinforced to myself, to her, to others, to the spirit realm, that she was an important person to me and that I loved and appreciated her. So that that's how it is with God. Not only does God appreciate when you vocally express your appreciation to him, but it cements it in your own mind and it declares it to the universe. So don't be afraid to declare your thanksgiving to God. We thank God for what he has done. If you remember, I said that praise is praising God for who he is. Thanksgiving is praising God for what he has done. And God has done amazing things. You can thank him for everything he did in the Bible. You can thank him for everything he's done in Christ. But you can also go back and thank him for what he's done in your life, which, hmm, she's sitting over there off camera. But it reminds me of the stickers on the calendars that we use as we connect with God on a daily basis. And what we're doing on top of that is besides the sticker to say we've read out loud and we prayed out loud as a couple, we're also journaling every day on our calendar. Something I'm thankful for in general and something I'm thankful for about Pam, something she's thankful for in general, and something she's thankful for about me. And we've been doing that, I don't know, since early December. So think if we continue to do that and knowing Pam, we will, how much we'll be able to go back and thank God for what he has done. We have days and days and days of recording. We also have calendars from back in the day where we listed all the miraculous answered prayers god did for us the divine way he saw us through the early times in our life and it's fun to go back and read those and so we can thank god for what he's done in our life and others which is why it's good reading christian biographies by the way and in scripture Uh, giving thanks develops gratitude that's what i was saying is it as you speak it out loud it develops what's called an attitude of gratitude which is what we're told to do Philippians 4, 6, and 7 in my notes says that we are to pray, but with thanksgiving. We're not supposed to worry, but instead we're supposed to come to God in prayer, and we're supposed to do it with an attitude of gratitude. So as we are asking for things, the previous slide, as we're petitioning God, that's why Thanksgiving is next, because we're asking God for things, but in the same breath, we're thanking him for what he has done, It says then that the peace of Christ will guard your hearts and minds. And also, it's kind of a faith-building thing because as you ask God for things and then your faith is a little bit shaky, but then you thank God for what he's done, not only are you declaring the greatness of God, but it's building your faith because he's done it in the past and he's going to do it again. That's why in Philippians 4, 6, and 7, it tells us not to worry but to pray and to pray with thanksgiving. And then God's peace will guard our hearts and minds. And that's my last bullet point. Thank him for answering your petitions. That builds, well, not only is it the right thing to do, the God of the universe is hearing and answering your prayers. That's kind of an amazing thing because, you know, he's the God of the universe, but he's also your father and your personal savior, right? So so as you thank him for answering your petition, it, it's, you're not only thanking him for what you've prayed for before, but you're thanking him in advance because you're exercising your faith. You're thinking that he is going to hear and answer your prayers because scripture says he will. So you know in faith, it might not be as you expect. In fact, it rarely is. But you're declaring your allegiance to him, your submission to him by thanking him in advance. That that, Yes, I know you're going to hear and answer those prayers. And that leads me to the passage in Colossians, Colossians 3.16, which is going to lead us to our next slide. That this attitude of gratitude, it says that we're, in fact, I I, want to read it. I put it on my phone here because I don't have it on my slide. Uh verse 15 and let the peace of christ rule in your hearts Colossians 3 15 to which indeed you were called in one body and be thankful oh here we are thanksgiving but then look at verse 16 let the word of christ dwell in you richly teaching and admonishing one another in all wisdom singing psalms hymns and spiritual songs with thankfulness in your hearts to god so we're keying in on the thankfulness here that vocal expressed appreciation but it ends up leading to psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs. It ends up leading to singing, which is why I always break in. I got a river of life flowing out of me. It's the only song I can sing. That's why I do it every time. Uh, no, I can sing other songs, but uh, so develop that attitude of gratitude that Colossians three sixteen tells you to have, and it leads to singing. And you might not you you. Hmm. Confessions of a pastor. I've always wondered why church works a certain way, you know, because the liturgy of church is tradition and it's also cultural. You go to other cultures, they do church way different. But the idea that you come to church and you sit down and you have opening announcements and then you have some songs and you have some announcements and you have prayer time and then you have a sermon and then you have a closing song. But really, it's all part of the whole worship experience. It could be in any way, shape or form. Uh, and so that's interesting that as you're praying in Thanksgiving, it breaks out in song. I've always wanted to do a church service where the songs are interspersed. And we've done this sometimes, you know, on the specials. You know I've done this a couple of times where we have, I, I preach vignettes mixed into music, but it's all planned. So usually on special services like Thanksgiving, Easter, Christmas, sometimes we'll have a bunch of special music and I'll preach little five or ten minute vignettes in there. Just probably way easier for you to have to concentrate on me only for short bits, which is why our daily devotions are only five to 10 minutes. But anyways, what I'm saying is I was always looking for a church service, maybe where as I, if there's a worship leader or a worship team on the platform or on the side or somewhere, and as I'm preaching and as, as uh, God brings to life, important points in the message it might not even be something i'm thinking of, but you know when when the, when the church service is going and, and there's that moment where wow there's revelation that god has spoken that the band could break out in a song that reflects that right then and there that they're ready to go they have a lot of songs they know and songs they can look up and as you respond to the word of god you respond in song well that's kind of what you're doing here in your prayer time You've, you praise, wait, confession, scripture, prayer, watching, intercession, petition, thanksgiving. And now, boom, you break out in singing because because why? Because God is good. If you uh, it's in, if you remember, that's what David did, a man after God's own heart. He was very human. He made plenty of mistakes, and he had a very troubled family. But he worshiped God unashamedly. Second uh, Samuel 6, as he came out and he sang and he danced before the Lord, and his own wife was embarrassed by him. But God wasn't so that's why when i sing <laughs> and my own wife might be embarrassed by my singing or my kids i'm not because it says to make a joyful noise before the lord uh i if you can see in my notes real small uh psalm 92 95 96 98 all the end of the psalms is all about making a joyful noise to the lord right singing is an act of vocal worship where you're You're, you're praising God and whatever that joyful noise is to you. And, and I even wrote some songs back in the day, a lot of them were out of Psalms. Uh, you know, let the rocks cry out, let the nations rage, let the warriors shout for we are saved. Uh, we turned that into music and we sang it and it was fun, which goes to the next point, songs, hymns, and spiritual songs. You can sing songs that other people. Uh, right there's some really cool songs out there that i really like right now that christian artists have put out there some really good worship stuff it's awesome and there's hymns of old that we've known forever that are great like trust and obey but there's also spiritual songs and you know it's like let god lead you in your own song of spontaneous worship to him it seems like that's what happens in revelation 5 the angel song where they're declaring that God is holy that he is the worthy as the lamb and it says that thousands upon thousands break into the spontaneous worship time with God well you can do that songs hymns and spiritual songs and colossians 3 says that your psalms hymns and spiritual psalms it there's freedom for each person there to express praise and adoration to God as they see fit practice not just singing the great songs and hymns you know but practice making up your own I've also done that just out of love for my own family. My wife and my kids all have their own little special songs that I've made up for them. Well, I have a thing called Songs for God, too. You didn't know I was so artistic. I'm not just a left-brained accountant. <laughs> I have my own uh, document, Songs for God. And some of them we turn to music and some of them we have it. Singing expresses our joy in the Lord, right? That's why I've got a river of life flowing out of me. It bubbles out of you. And it's contagious, by the way. If you're in your home and you're singing praise and melody to God and you're worshiping God, it's going to encourage the other people to look up as well. It's a very positive thing. Make a joyful noise unto the Lord. Join the angels who in Revelation 5 are making a joyful noise to the Lord. So there you go that's our list for today after intercession comes today's petition give us this day our daily bread thanksgiving thank you lord for what you've done in scripture in my life and other people's life and that you are going to hear and answer the prayers i am making right now and singing our god is an awesome god and he is like it's like an incense that goes up to God. Receive this joyful noise I'm giving to you. That's nine through twelve. We've already completed one fourth, two fourths, three fourths of the twelve-step prayer series. Next week we will do listening, meditation, and praise. But for today, let me close with some petition, thanksgiving, and singing. Lord, I pray for me that you will. Help me to continue to preach your word clearly to the people who log in to the online church service. I thank you that your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path, and that you have blessed me so that I am the blessed. Thank you for what you have done in our lives, and I trust you for what's going on.